Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a couple's actual play podcast starring me, your husband and GM, Zach. And me, your wife and player, Diana. And this is season one, episode five of the Seguranza campaign? Sure. The Sal campaign? I like the Seguranza campaign. So, in our last episode, Sal managed to get into the city of Seguranza and parted ways with the caravan guard led by Narcissu and her friend Mourinho. Her friend well, or okay. her love interest number one. Okay. <laughs> parted ways with uh, Mourinho, her friends Gilberto and Flora, and made her way down into the city where she was quickly approached by a handsome young man named Esteban. Creepiest name for the creepiest character. He wasn't he was that cre- creepy. No, he was creepy. Esteban offered to lead Sal into mm. the city towards the heart yes. and warned her that she was heading into Dwarf Town and that she shouldn't do that. Right. And Sal ignored him. Yes. Kind of humored him a little bit, I think. Didn't say, well, actually, no, I guess you did try to get away from him and he, he, kept, he kept following you. Yes. Until finally he tried to uh, lead her off the street. She resisted, he grabbed her, yep. and then she drew her sword. Well, she started to draw her sword. I don't think her sword's fully drawn. Okay, so I failed my first roll, and then I used my luck to draw my sword, and I succeed. I got a, like a, a seven through nine mm-hmm. on that. So I guess we're right, right right as I'm about to pull, or I have pulled it out, or I'm about to just pull it out. Yes, you have your hand firmly on the hilt, and you are making you're, you're going to pull out your sword. You have it like quarter drawn. Yes. From from where you keep it hidden in your big billowy pants. Right. And you were only able to get a hold of it because Esteban got distracted by, by a group of dwarves rounding the corner. Yeah, a group of dwarves rounding the corner. Yeah. So he uh, he, he pulls Sal really close and he. Mm-hmm. Puts his dagger, dagger like up to uh, her belly, and he goes, "You don't want to turn this into a scene. Just come with me." Can I roll? I guess spout lore to find out if I know if these are male dwarves or female dwarves. Oh, uh, yes, you could. You could. Mm. Is that spout lore? It's not. Consult, I, it's not my well read. Consult your accumulated knowledge about something. So I would have accumulated knowledge about dwarves. We established before that I know I have a basic understanding of dwarves because my father works in the the mine guild but that's not really lore I think what we're looking for is discern realities that's your ability to to interpret what's going on around you so you'll have to kind of make the questions there appropriate but I think you can use those questions to get to what you what you were looking for alright so my question options are what happened here recently? Mm-hmm. What is about to happen? Mm-hmm. What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? Yes. Now, if I get a 10 or more, I ask three questions. If I get a 7 or 9, I only ask one. So I think that my first question should be what is about to happen. Well, I think that would be helpful. Roll first to discern right. realities. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So we're, we always lead with the fiction, right? And then we roll. And then you can use like whatever comes out of that roll to your advantage. Keep in mind also that you don't have to ask those questions immediately after you roll. You can hold on to them right. for a little bit. Well, I'm hoping I get a 10. So that I can ask the one question and save on to two of them. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. 
I got a seven, and then it's plus my... Intelligence. Wisdom. Wisdom, I'm sorry. Big fat liar. I wish it was intelligence. All right, it's a seven even. So I get to ask one question. Yep. When I ask what is about to happen, can I do it in a... Hypo like, hypothetically, were I to shout what is about to happen? Like, could... I'm asking you, hypothetically, were I to shout, then the question is, what would happen? Why would you do that narratively? Oh, if you were to shout, like it, if, like, if okay. Sam was about to shout, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say if shouts, if Sal yelled, "What is going to happen here?" <laughs> what would happen? No, I know. You mean I, she's just letting out like a shout, yeah, like for help? Yeah, like help me. Can I ask it that way, or do I have to ask what is about to happen? Because I know what's about to happen. Yeah, I think you have to ask what is about to happen. Like if you ask what is about to happen. You would need... I know it's about to happen. He's going to do something I don't do something want to have... Do something nasty. Yeah, do something I don't want to have happen. Okay, so I got... I can only ask one. What here is useful to me? What is useful and valuable to you is this group of four dwarves. This group of four dwarves round the corner, and you notice one on the end is kind of watching you two. It's not that the road is like super empty it's still pretty busy it's less busy than it was outside the train station right despite like the 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 people walking down the road and and everything going on and the carts and everything this group of dwarves that is passing you by one of them is slowing down and taking a l close look at you too uh, okay i want to know if it is a male dwarf or a female dwarf or if it's presenting as a male dwarf or a female dwarf. I feel like that's discerning realities, but none of these questions are very helpful. Yeah, I will I will hold that into what here is useful or valuable to me. Okay. Actually, I am going to make you spout lore because this is your ability to kind of like draw on your previous knowledge of the dwarves that you've right. worked with right. to identify something specific about this dwarf, okay. something that not all people would be able to like immediately identify. Right, right. So yeah, I'm going to make you roll. Okay. So that's plus my intelligence. So I got a 12. Right. That doesn't even add my intelligence. That was the wrong time to roll a 12. Yeah, well, or, well, yeah, actually it was. <laughs> you recognize that this is a woman dwarf by the by the braids. Right. I don't know enough about braids to, like, think about, like, what braids signify. Is it a fishtail? Is it a French braid? Is it braids that are kind of loose and flowing around? Fishtails. Fishtails look kind of weird. They don't look like they were man-made. They're very weird. It could have braids that are then braided, so it's like a bajillion braids. Mm -hmm. Giving you all these ideas. Man. I don't know what half the things you just said mean. I mean like I can't visualize what half. Of I those. mean, you know what? Uh, we'll we'll play with my hair. We'll figure it out. Uh, but you do identify. You do identify that this one that's taking a look at you guys, its beard. Their beard is uh is indicative of being a woman. Of being a woman, yeah. Okay. A woman dwarf you also notice is carrying a hammer. Good, so I shout, ma'am, please help me. The reason I wanted to know if it was a man or a female is I wanted them to know that I was able to discern, that okay. I had like some sort of knowledge about them and was specifically asking for help. Like, cause not everybody knows how to tell a male dwarf and a female dwarf apart. I wanted to somehow show that I can do that. I don't know this person though, so. Ma'am, can you please help me? She grabs uh, one of her friends to stop them. And yeah, the four of them walk over and uh, they start like looking around up and down the street. And Estevan- uh, Do I have my sword out yet? Do you want to pull it all the way out? I was now, pulling at this it point? out, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, sure. Sure, you have your, yeah, you have your sword out. And Estevan kind of, he lets go of your wrist and he takes a few steps back and he looks down at the dwarves. The, the dwarf that you called out to goes, she turns to you and she goes, is, is this guy bothering you? Yes. 
I desperately need help. Please help me. I was thinking about making you make a generic charisma roll here, but I don't think you need to. I think that these dwarves respond to you in a very... Ladies protecting ladies. Yeah. The one you specifically called out to, she gets in between you and Esteban, and she goes, you should be making your way out of town, out of dwarf town now. And he looks down at her, and he, he puts his knife away in a hidden pocket in his in his vest. He looks back at you and goes, all right, cool. That's how we're going to do it. Doesn't matter to me. Plenty more fresh fish coming in every day. Then I can uh, I can keep myself fed. So whatever. Ugh, See you later. So gross. You're <laughs> gross, Esteban. No wonder you have a stupid name. Gross. So much for love interest number two. He turns around and he, uh, dragging his heels through the dusty street, makes his way out of Dwarf Town and back towards the uh, train station. Huzzah! And you see the two guys that were with him follow. Huzzah! They make their way back as well. Yes. The dwarves turn back to you and they, they look up at you. How, how much shorter than me are they? Uh, I think dwarves are about four feet tall. So they're not much shorter than me. I don't imagine that she's wildly tall. Yeah, it's not like when we're playing Torchbearer and you're I'm a three, three foot tall halfling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting constantly harassed for your... That's not size. true at all. I am never harassed for how short I am. I make people harass me yeah. so that I can use okay. a trait, but I'm, I am never just... I'm, I'm glad that we have audio <laughs> recorded proof of you saying that you don't get harassed for your height in Torchbearer. Because every chance you get, you fly off the handle like... The guy I, in The Godfather. Who's I, always, not The Godfather. What's I that movie? I need to use my traits. You never give me opportunities, so I force them. I need to use a trait. I need those checks. Goodfellas? Those are not the movies I watch. I watch President's Daughters movies and, like, Red. The sad thing is I only know the Goodfellas reference because of the Animaniacs parody with the pigeons. Goodfeathers. I don't actually remember the anything about the actual movie. Anyway, where well, were we? I've never oh. seen I've never seen The Godfather, but I know about the horse head in the bed because everything makes fun of the horse head in the bed. Yeah, everybody knows about the horse head in the bed. Exactly. And so I I have no and there's the big pile of coke. That's that movie, right? Is that a different no, movie? I think you're thinking of Scarface. Oh, that is a different movie. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> anyway, you always make it about Bray's height. And yeah. Bray. Anyway. It's easy. Anyway. So these dwarves, the they're not that much shorter than me. Yeah, okay. dwarves are about, uh, yeah, they're about four feet tall, and they're stout. They're they're stacked. Yeah, they are. Mm. Dwarves are very square. They look up at you and they go, are, "Are you okay?" I am now. Thank you so much for your help. I I really appreciate it. The dwarf that rescued you, or the dwarf that you made eye contact with, uh, she extends her hand and she says, "Um, I'm Zofia." Zofia. Zofia. Oh, well, it's nice to meet you. Thank, thank you for your help, Zofia. Do do you shake? Her? Oh yes. Oh yes, I do. I shake. I shake her hand and I tell her my name is Sam. Okay. She says, uh, "Are you new to the city, Sam?" Yes. Yes, I am. She nods and she says, "You should be careful in Sagarasa, especially on the edges edges of the city. There are people who will try to take advantage of you. It's not all what the fairy tales say about the city." Thank you. I, I appreciate that warning. I'm trying really hard to get to the heart. You helped me once before. I was wondering if maybe you could help me get to the to the center of town. Uh, Zofia looks at you and she goes, you're trying to walk all the way to the heart? That'll take you hours. Well, he wanted me to get on the train with him, and I was not having that. So I started walking. Th- they look amongst each other and they, um, Zofia says, well, 
he was right. The train is probably the fastest way to get to the heart. But if you don't want to take the heart or the train, you can uh, hire a rickshaw if you don't want to walk. I don't mind walking. They they like look at each other and they they go. There are some dangerous places in the city, and you've already been harassed. Are you sure you're okay? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you can see some kind of like deflate. Like, she's just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Clearly did not think this part of my plan through. Do you want to use your um, your alignment? Or not it's your not alignment, your background. It's, it's a background. Do you want to use your background, Lazofia? Yes, I do. When you first enter a civilized settlement, someone will recognize you and respect your knowledge, will offer hospitality as their guest. Because so, I acknowledged her as a female. Yeah. I feel like that's showing my knowledge. She, she looks to her girlfriends and turns back to you and she goes listen we're going back to my home for lunch would you like to join us i don't want to impose Sophia uh, like grabs your hand and goes put your sword away do you still have it out yes she goes, I- put your sword away we're going back to my home for dinner or for lunch thank you yes and Sophia friends left and right yeah you do have a lot of friends well I, I, used, I, mean. I feel like it's kind of necessary when you're doing a one-person yeah. party because you don't have party members to back you up, so you need a lot of NPC friends. Yeah. Although, are they all your friends? <gasps> uh, so. Well, I mean, we all know Marino is love interest number one. Marino? Yeah. Obviously. I'm Obviously. sick. I'm saying things weirder than I normally I say. I know, them. you are sick. Don't get me sick. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Zofia and her girlfriends lead you through Dwarftown. It slowly becomes less busy, but less busy is a relative term. Mm -hmm. There are camels making their way through the city streets and people leading cows and sheep and goats and taroks being ridden by finely dressed elven men. I want to make an elf friend. This is a side note. Okay. I want to make an elf friend. All right. But in Dwarftown, there's a lot of dwarves. There is a lot of signs written in Dwarvish. Uh, Can I read it? Or do I just recognize that it is Dwarfish? Like, would would I have that ability? I don't really... How well do you think that you worked with dwarves? I I mean, probably not well at all. I probably would just know kind of... Well, here's something. Were your parents raising you to eventually take over the guild? I was an only child, so... Very possibly. Well, if they wanted you to but eventually... Here's what I think. Here's what I, th- I think. They were raising me to be a really great wife to whatever pairing they may... Like, they... You know what I mean? Arranged marriage style. Okay. Like, well, they would, old arranged marriage They would style. still want Sal pretty to, well invested yeah. in the business, right? So they right. might have... If they worked very closely with dwarves, they might have wanted you to be able to read dwarvish. Maybe. Make a generic intelligence roll. <laughs> Knock over all of our pencils. I, I got, well, I got... You know, I got a six got a six with my intelligence stat okay added. so uh mark experience <laughs> your parents tried to teach you dwarvish they tried really hard to teach you dwarvish they quizzed you and flashcards and the whole shebang yep, and you just never were able to figure it out <laughs> you, just, I, you know what i feel like that fits with sound like it would be something like it should be something she should be able to do she loves to read she's got you know but she just <laughs> couldn't quite get that last bit 
Okay. So, so all these signs are just runic symbols to you. But I can, I know that it's the dwarfish language. Yeah, you can I recognize that. It's dwarfish. I just can't read it. Yeah. Zofia leads Sal through these dusty streets and these uh, these square, brightly colored pastel homes until she reaches uh, an alleyway, and she she says, "Come with me." And her and the other dwarves go down this alleyway and, and reach a wrought iron fence that she unlocks and she opens it up and she goes in. There's a small round door. Mm-hmm. Zofia opens it up and she goes, Go on in, child. Thank you. Why are you calling me child? She goes, How old are you? I mean, I'm 20. I'm 76. Okay, so, okay, so then yeah, that makes sense. Which I think you would recognize is lifespan-wise about as old as you. Like if you really? were to like, yeah. Not like 30? I don't know why I made 30 in my head. Like she would be like my equivalent of 30. I don't know why I picked that random age in my head. But that's a, no, if you say 20, that no, makes more sense. No, I like that. I like that better. Let's say 30. Like she's just, just a little bit older, but enough to be like, you're a baby. Yeah. But, I mean, also just in lived experiences. She's much, true. much older. That is true. She lets you in, and inside is another dwarf. She goes, this is my partner's Zick. Zick? Zick. Why are... This is an out of, out of, like, why are they all Zs? Literally happenstance. Okay, that works. All right. Um, because I glanced at my list of dwarf names and just picked two dwarf names. Okay. Zick. This is Sound. Zick yells back, and they go, I told you to stop bringing home strange humans. And Sophia like, rolls her eyes, and she laughs, and her girlfriends laugh, and they go in, and I think it's actually a little bit short for Sal. <laughs> the, the ceiling is a little yeah. bit low. So I have to duck a little bit. Yeah, and she's kind of maybe, yeah, struggling a little bit. But Sophia takes her to a table, and, and uh, Zick brings out coffee. They pass out coffee to everybody. Oh, thank you. And Zick smiles. And Sophia uh, goes... So, Sal, what brings you here? I just really wanted to see the Corazon. And so I made a journey here. And apparently I overestimated how well I'd be able to handle myself getting there. Sophia kind of smiles a little bit. And uh, one of her girlfriends goes, uh, Corazon is one of the many things that this city offers. If you've only come here for that, you may find yourself disappointed. What other things are there here? Uh, Zofia says, the best food in the steppes, the best entertainment, the best shows, the best drink, the best company. They smile, and Zofia goes, "Um, I've lived here all of my life, and I couldn't imagine being in any other city. You definitely sold it very well. One of her friends goes, no, she didn't say the heart. You see the heart once, that's it. It's boring. It's a tourist attraction for round-eared humans. Well, I'll let you ladies in on a little secret. I'm interested in seeing the heart, you know, the corazón. It's, you know, you got to see it once in your life. But I'm mainly interested in trying to find a job while I'm there. I figure it's, you know, the center of the city. It's a bit of a hub. Hopefully I can find some work because I'm trying to stay here. This place sounds awesome, and you did a very good job of selling it. Zick comes over, and they sit down with their cup of coffee, and they, they nurse it a little bit, and they go, what skills do you have? I am very good at reading the human language. I'm pretty okay at sparring. 
<laughs> Zick and uh, Zofia like exchange talking. looks. They just kind of like look at each other and they go, "All right, <laughs> well, you certainly have confidence." Zick goes, "I need to get the food off the pot," and he gets up and he goes <laughs> back. He goes into the kitchen. I think they change the subject a little bit, and, yeah. and Zick brings out the food and he he feeds you, and it's it's this big dwarvish feast, which you've had before, or not? You haven't had this meal before but you've had dwarvish food before right so it's not entirely unusual to you but dwarvish food is a lot more like earthen it's a lot more like uh hearty than maybe what especially sal might be used to like rosemary bread that your friend made us i don't know if we're using names remember that one time we went to a friend's house and he made us this like hearty stew with rosemary oh, bread. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Like that? Yes. Oh, that was so good. That was such a good meal. Yes. <clears throat> exactly like the kind of stuff that he makes. Yes. They feed you. And is there anything that you want to ask them or talk to them about specifically about um, Segaransa? So, like, I've been sitting here going, how is this girl going to live in this city that was not a question I asked when I created this character (laughs) so like I don't know how she's going to survive in this city and I think it has to be her making friends so I don't think I think she just asks like real general questions like after Ukura-san where do you think I should go like what are some things that you think I definitely need to hit up or you know just general like getting to know you I'm new to this place questions and I think they give you a list of like tourist spots that you can go see, interesting places, maybe places that you can look for a job. There isn't a shortage on jobs for people who can use a sword mm-hmm. or for people who can study a book. There are places that you can go. There are the universities, there's the seminaries, there's the churches, there's the town guard, there's caravan companies, and there are more seedier places that you can go and work as well. Uh, but I don't think they talk about those. Right. I don't think Sal wants to work somewhere where she has to read. Unless she can be Indiana Jones, she doesn't want to be locked up again. Like, and working for a library means that you spend all day long inside. Like, wow, very interesting. It is essentially being locked up again for her. Okay. So I think she wants to do something a little bit more active. So I think she'll probably seek something that she can do with her swords. I mean, she already did kind of get a job offer. Zofia finishes up her meal. Mm-hmm. You guys all you guys all finish eating. Zofia takes you out. She leads you out of her house and, and down the ho- down the alleyway, back out to the main road. How much gold do you have? Doesn't look like any. Zofia hands you a dwarven coin. Dwarven coins, they stack. They're called tower coins. Okay. And they're square and they stack. And she hands you a, a dwarven coin and a piece of paper with her address written on it. She actually uh, takes you out and she places these in your palm and then she raises up one of her big like mitt like hands uh-huh. and waves over a a rickshaw okay this rickshaw pulls up and it's a it's like a bike rickshaw and there's a younger looking dwarf dwarven boy mm-hmm. pulling it and she hands him a smaller coin than the one she gave you and she goes uh he will take you to curacao if you need to come back here if, if by the end of the night you have nowhere to stay, get a rickshaw, give them this address, come back here, and I'll see what I can do for you. That's so nice. Thank you. Well, I already saw you almost get hurt once today, and I would hate to know that you were out there lost and alone. 
if you do find somewhere to stay, just make it up for me to me by coming and visiting sometime. Oh, thank you. I, you know what? This won't be the last time you see me. She smiles and she says, "All right," and she lets you get another rickshaw. And she goes, "Enjoy Ukurasau." Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for saving me and for feeding me. She she nods and she uh, and then the little boy on the rickshaw starts riding. I know I have the dwarven coin. Do yeah. I have other coin? Um. It's one of the reasons I've avoided going on things. I don't have any money in my inventory. Yeah, I thought you had some coins. No, I have adventuring gear. I have dungeon rations, a songbook, a rapier, and impressive clothes. I lied to you. It's written here. I have 15 gold pieces. Okay. I thought you did. I'm sorry. So you have 15 gold pieces that are the um, the standard coin of the Esha Steps. Mm-hmm. And um, you have one and dwarven one coin, coin, but it's a larger denomination, so it's about equivalent to five. Um, I also have Sophia Zofia's address on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I also have Flora's address on a piece of paper. That's well. right. And that is my inventory. <laughs> that is my inventory. You also have the inn where we're murdering you and the rest of mm. the company are staying. Love interest number one. Mm. Or backstabber. We'll find out. So I have potentially. I just walked into the city. It's What time is it? It's, uh, it's about three. I have three different places I can sleep tonight. That's true. Baus. 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 I take the rickshaw. I go to the Ukorasam. So you ride for a little while through Segaransa. After a little while, the bike rider... He, he weaves through the city streets for a while, but they're, like, so crowded that he ends up going up to the train tracks. Okay. And he follows along the train tracks, because on either side, there's a pretty wide road on either side of the train tracks that leads up to the city. The city's bustling. It's busy. You have all these sights and smells and sounds. Like, there's so much going on that I think it's more than Sal has ever dealt with before. Yeah. One thing you notice as you're riding up there is uh, you look into... I think there's the train tracks, okay. and then there's like a a divot. There's a there's a um, like a ditch. A ditch on either side of the train tracks, and then there's kind of like this space for like a road okay. that follows along the train tracks. And at one point, as you're going up the uh, as you're riding along this road, Sal looks into the ditch and sees a knoll cub Aww. in the ditch, scavenging through some trash. And the rickshaw keeps going. That's really sad. Otherwise, it's busyness and general, you know, normal stuff. Normal city things. Yeah. And eventually, this uh, rider gets you to a huge train station. I'm trying to think of Victoria Station in Mumbai, I think it's called. I wouldn't know. I haven't traveled. You keep leaving me. It used to be, I think it used to be Victoria. Now it's Chhatrapati Shivaji. I always just called it Shivaji because I have trouble with Chhatrapati. Massive train station. It's very big. Yes, it's very big. You should look it up. It's it's very large. Huge, ornate train station with with spires and... and It looks like a castle. Yeah, it's a huge terminal train station. And he, he leads you up to it, and this is the biggest part of the city you've seen so far. There's a huge circular market around the station mm-hmm. where there are just all these tents and food trucks or well food trucks food carts and people exchanging hands and not just like humanoids and elves and goliaths and dwarves at this point you see the lizard folk mm-hmm. and uh these ant things and creatures and you've how, never seen before how big are these ant things like big enough that i'm seeing them with my naked eye yes like Ugh. big like Ugh. like 
ant humanoids, like that's terrifying. Seven feet tall and lithe and thin, and like reaching into purses to like pay stop for their for their goods. Ew, ants are so ants are so creepy, and to imagine one that big with fingers. Well, like humanoid ant uh, things. Uh, it's worse. That's worse. I'm sorry. It's okay. They're just really gross. <gasps> I know we need them for the world, but ew. This is just massively busy. All kinds of stuff going on. He uh, he pulls his bike over and he he stops and he turns and he goes. He points behind the terminal mm-hmm. and he goes. That, that's Ukurasan behind. And he points and you can see rising above it is this huge hill. The hill is actually kind of green, which is unusual for the Esha steps. It's got some like shrubbery and some pretty flowering plants and even some like palm-like trees growing out of it. And then this massive white stone temple. Right. Uh, with its gold-plated domes and spires. He goes, that's Ukurasan behind the terminal. That's where you want to be heading. Thank you. And he lets you out and he goes and he looks for a new... Uh, Affair. I start making my way to Ukurasan. So you make your way through the through the big market and around the terminal. What is the most interesting thing to Sao about the city so far? Oh, definitely all of like the people and the smells and the sounds. Like less So everything. Well no, but less less the like amount of people and more the diversity. And, like, the diversity of the sounds and the diversity of the smells. You know? Like, I think that's the most interesting thing. Like, she's never seen an ant person before. They're disgusting. Ants are gross. Ants Mm -hmm. are gross up close. She's grossed out. But she's never seen one, so she's fascinated. And, like, I think it's a major city, so there's going to be more diversity there than there would be in her smaller town slash city. Like, New York and Philly are so different from each other. I think this is kind of, like, what she's experiencing. Okay. So she's making her way, and she sees all these um, these shops, right, in this market area mm-hmm. around the terminus that are selling magic scrolls and magic potions and, and swords and armor and fine clothing and all, all this stuff. As she's making her way around the terminus, there is a large, uh, there's a large bridge, a large arcing bridge that crosses above one of the train tracks, right? So there are two lines that intersect at the very center of Segaransa, two train okay. lines that intersect. Okay. There is the heart line, which follows alongside... Uh, Okorasan, I would assume? Well, it follows alongside the river of oh. Segaransa. Okay. And then there's the hand line that runs the other way. Palm reading. Nice little... So this is the heart line, this is the hand line, okay. and they intersect at the center. They make a nice big X. Yeah. In order to get from the terminus to the hill that mm-hmm. Ukurasan is within, you have to cross one of these bridges that okay. cross over the north side of the the, ha- the heart line. Right. As Sal is getting to one of these bridges, you hear a loud shout behind you of somebody screaming, Stop! Thief! Stop! I look over my shoulder. You look over your shoulder, and you see a knoll about to plow into you. I trip him. You trip him? Yeah. I think you are... I think this is quick thinking, because you're tripping them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's do a defy danger plus intelligence. Okay. Woo! Boy, I got a 10. So... I do it. So you just stick out a foot and you trip yep. this. You stick and out... And I a, help him down a little bit. So I trip him and I maybe... You push, push him? him? No, just a little. 
Okay. Just like a little like, looks like I'm pushing him off me, but really I'm pushing him towards the ground. I got a 10. I can do that. Yeah, you, you, you trip this knoll, and this knoll falls over you and hits the ground and, like, kind of slams into, like, the stone bridge. And you see, like, a bundle of these strange green star-shaped f- fruit mm-hmm. sprawl out of his hands. Well, now I feel bad. And Stealing food. Then two guards kind of run up on you two. And um, the one guard puts his hand on your shoulder and he goes, thank you. Um, and kind of like shoves you out of the way after he goes, like, he thanks you while he's like pushing you behind what? him. Hey, hold on. I didn't do anything. This guy just tripped. What's going on? They, I think they, they saw you. I'm still saying this though. Okay. <laughs> All right. The guard turns back to you and he like winks and he goes, he, he put, he gives you a thumbs up and he goes, thanks. Don't wink at me. What's going on? He goes, this filthy, uh, filthy corpse eater here was caught stealing from one of the vendors and the other guard walks over and kind of like nudges the knoll with his he doesn't like kick the knoll he kind of like taps it with his foot yeah as the, as uh the knoll kind of like pushes himself up uh onto like his hands and knees and uh the town guard goes um you can't just uh stick to your corner of the city you have to come and start uh Start trouble in the market. That's great. That's just like I would expect a, a filthy, flea-ridden beast like these things. Well, hold on now. If he just gives you his fruit, can you stop making fun of him unnecessarily? The the guard like looks at you and goes, "I don't think you understand what's Obviously, going on." Obviously, I here. don't. But you're making fun of this person that's literally on their hands and knees right now. He can give you the fruit back, and you can stop being mean and unnecessarily. Uh, the Nola. He gets up and he looks at the two guards and uh, the one guard goes, um, we're going to put you in the stocks for this. You know that, right? I don't think the null says anything. I think the null turns and run, continues across the bridge. I do nothing to stop And them. just books it. I do nothing to stop them. And uh, the one guard chases after him. Actually, I think both guards chase after him and they just leave the fruit on the, on the bridge. Oh, I pick up the fruit then. Okay. I now have fruit. You now have fruit. How many fruits do I have? Uh, four. Four fruit. Four strange star-shaped fruit. Four fruit. Uh, and you hear that yelling pick up again, and them screaming, Stop! Thief! Except he doesn't have anything anymore. Then it's just they're being mean. Yeah, but he was still a thief. I don't know. Very Aladdin. Very Aladdin. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> I'm just gonna keep making references to everything that this could be. hmm So, what do you do? I continue towards the Okorazam. You cross the bridge and you start making your way to the massive hill that the temple lies on. Here, the atmosphere changes. It's still pretty busy, but the atmosphere is a lot more austere. It's a lot quieter. There's no one selling anything on this side. Jesus has already come through. Knocked over those tables when he was 12. (laughs) Did the whole thing. But this is more like a park atmosphere. Oh, fun. I love those. There's people hanging out, walking about. The guards in that knoll that you saw are long gone. Okay. And when you when you get to the hill called Ukurasao, mm-hmm. there is a large, there's a long stairway leading from the base of the hill up to the temple. Um, and the temple looks even more magnificent than it did, than you could have imagined it would. Right. And there are these beautiful statues of, of various gods spread out around the statue. I start making my way up the stairs. Let's stop there, I think. I think that's yeah. a good spot. Yeah, I agree. Okay. 
So, uh, and we will pick up <clears throat> with Sao going into the temple next week. Yes. Before we go, uh, we would just like to thank you guys listening. Thank you very much for your support and everything. If you would be so kind as to follow us on or subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a five-star review, that would mean the world to us. That would be very helpful. It helps other people to find us, and it just means a lot to us. And we read what you guys write, so make it entertaining, please. Yes, <laughs> that is always appreciated. And uh, and if you do leave a review, if you do leave a five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We'll also give you a shout-out if you tweet about us, yeah. um, as long as we can see it. So tag at Aroba HeartPointsPod. <laughs> at HeartPointsPod. Don't write Aroba because that would be kind of weird. But I got... I, there was a talking to the last time I did at at, so we're not doing at at anymore. <laughs> you but. can say at arroba heartpointspod dot, yes. er, just heartpointspod, or hashtag heartpointspod, what, um, what? just so that we can see it and we can give you guys a shout out um, and thank you for, for, for talking about us and, and sharing us. Please keep listening and please make all of your friends listen to it too. I spent this whole morning making dice towers because That's I didn't true. want my dice to keep n- getting knocked to the ground or into the cat or into the wires or just they they have a very very innate ability of just being where i don't want them to go yeah i woke up to the sound of uh cardboard being cut and walked into the kitchen and saw two dice towers are like made out of old boxes on our table i'm uh, proud of these dice towers they're, actually, they're very cool they're very helpful too yeah please talk about us share us we really appreciate it also, big thank you to Zach B., our editor, for all the work that he does. So much work. Thank you to In Love With a Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off the album Healing. Again, please go listen to their stuff at Bandcamp. It's super, super good. And I think that's all the shout-outs for this week. So thank you guys again. We really appre- appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying this actual play. Yeah. And uh, have a very nice day. But, like, a very very nice day. Bye. Bye.